Next hour on most of these the same frequencies. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. Today we are going to talk about a rather serious topic: the future. This is cracking the code with Sadir Isfahani. In this episode, President for Communications, Media and Entertainment, and CEO Network Services at Tech Mahindra, Manish Vyas. Vyas credits a single moment in the ninth grade for launching his leadership career, his principal urging him to run for class president. I believe that was a very special moment in my life. That I felt proud about my abilities. I thought I'm good for something. He shares key advice from a mentor. If you believe something can be done, don't ask. Just go do it. That had a very big impact in my career early on, and an important lesson for those he leads. It is always about letting them know what they represent, letting them know what they do not represent. That's even more important sometimes because sometimes people come back and say, "Look, this is what the other company is doing," and I have to very emphatically remind them, saying, "Yeah, I agree. We are not that company. This is who we are. This is what works for us." Don't bother about anybody else. Let's just do what is good for us. Vyas learned the importance of teamwork as a boy playing cricket. There always will be one particular player who will outshine the others, but that player will never ever single-handedly ensure that a team wins. A team always wins when every 11 of the members of the team perform their duties. Now your guide for cracking the code, Sudhir Ispahani. So Manish, it's fantastic to always see you, and it's been a while since we've seen each other. Welcome to Cracking the Code. I'm honored to have you on the show. I think our audience is going to be very excited to hear your life journey, your life lessons. In the short time I've gotten to know you, your leadership journey and your successes have been phenomenal. Share with me, take us back to your early days of childhood, mom and dad, life at Hingengard. Uh, the time I know a few wonderful experiences you've shared from those early childhood days, including your mentors, uh, your teachers who were uh, with you all along this journey. So, if you don't mind, start there for me, please. Sure, absolutely, Sudhir. First of all, it's my honor and privilege to be to be with you. It's always so great to see you. Uh, one feels so safe, secure, and happy around you. So always, always a pleasure. I think you should know this. And the reason you are special is because uh, you remember everything. <laughs> you know, I don't know where you bring this un unbelievable elephant memory from. I don't know when did I ever speak to you about Hingangad, which is the town that I belong to in India, in central India. I can assure you that there are many people who have worked with me for years, uh, many of my colleagues and friends who still cannot pronounce. Hingangad, and yet you do it immaculately. <laughs> <laughs> well, my childhood was uh, no different than any lower middle class, small town, family childhood. But it was special because I have I'm blessed to have very special parents and some unbelievable teachers, and one of them more special than anybody else. Hingangad is a is a town with a population of about less than 100,000 people, which in an Indian context is a very tiny town. My dad, uh, at the age of 27, was a young, fiery, revolutionary, political, social leader, and in an open election was thrust into politics and, and he won. And when he won, he knew only one thing, which was to do the right thing, not necessarily to do the correct thing. Right. 
and that exposed me to a style of leadership at the time where he would take the big and the bad head on and the rich particularly so was very socialist in his mindset that actually in when i reflect back it never occurred to me then but it occurs to me now more and more that it brought an an aspect uh, which i call the people connect and understanding to me mm. very early on mm. because we were always in our little house surrounded by so many people at any given point in time uh, and that had a big impact as i look back on me uh, you know in terms of how i have dealt with people or i like to deal deal with people he was a lawyer he is a lawyer but i don't think he ever bothered about building a practice and making money till i was ready to go to college and when he realized i got to find a way to now to pay for the uh, you know for the tuition fees and when he decided to do that he became in a very short span of time a very successful the number one lawyer in that area though he was a lawyer but having started his career in true sense very very late and that also tells me that if you try and do something with a single minded focus however late you get started you can really achieve a lot mm-hmm. so so he's really had these two big impacts in my life besides the fact that you know he was a stern administrative dad initially and then as i was growing up became one of my best friends the special person in my life is my mom uh, she's been um, the you know every mom in my view in the world is uh, is a rock star um you know th- th- there is a reason why there is a very special different sentiment that comes towards a mom uh, and how my children feel about m- my wife than about me i relate with it i relate with it inside out the most sacrificial the most unconditional relationship that exists is between is by a mom to her children may not necessarily be true the reverse way mm-hmm. but is always true one way and she's been she's been the pillar of strength she i mean in an indian context you probably would relate with this that she came from a family that was very well to do mm-hmm. but was married into a family that did not even have wherewithal to meet you know the two meals a day and yet adjusted herself completely because you know she loved my dad she loved the family she she loved the children she loved uh, the fact that she has a responsibility to 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 take care of her family mm-hmm. and she's highly educated at you know from 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 a uh, relative standpoint so she's always surprised reinvented herself multiple times in different roles that she has played uh, has taken a lot on her plate uh, as we were growing up and has left this indelible mark on me that one has to be large hearted it is important to be loved as much as loving somebody mm-hmm. and and i feel that i am i always joke with my brother and my sister that i have really been the lucky one where i've gotten the best of both worlds from my dad and my mom i got the the ability to lead and ex- be you know express myself from my dad and to be very close to my uh you know my folks Uh, and and be people oriented from my mom mm-hmm. and the third other person who has had this very huge impact on my life was the principal and the headmistress headmistress of my school called sister vina mm-hmm. she now lives in germany i think if there are two things i must have learned from her one was entrepreneurship she came from the state of kerala at a young age and created a school in a rather conservative environment uh, an english medium convent school and made by far the most successful school in that area in that region 
one of my early leadership lessons or, or i wouldn't say lessons i mean there are multiple points in which i must have gotten my lesson but when i realized that i can be a leader was when she pulled me out of a classroom in my ninth grade mm-hmm. when i had lost the elections of my class leader having been the school leader the previous year when she pulled me out and said well we believe that this year is going to be a special year in our school you should contest the election one more time even if you lost the class leader election which was a precondition so she created a deviation in her rule because she wanted me to have a serious shot at becoming a school leader because in her mind she thought i was probably the best equipped leader to lead the first ever youth festival in the ninth grade hmm. and that she never realized it i however till date and since i am sitting here and telling you this story i believe that was a very special moment in my life mm-hmm. that i felt proud about my abilities i thought i am good for something mm-hmm. where somebody can a principal can take me out and said you may not have the preconditions today but or, or the, the the criteria you may not be qualifying but i'm going to create a exception mm-hmm. because i want you to have a real shot at becoming and i won 29 to 1 uh, mm-hmm. in the larger election with 29 of my fellow students voted for me and one who did not vote was me myself because i voted for a friend of mine so so that was another so she's also had this huge impact in my life very fascinating manish for you to to share those early life forming values and key learnings that you picked up from your mom your dad and of course sister vina i remember you sharing uh, this part of the story which is uh, almost uh, you know it 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 stayed as an indelible mark in my early conversation with you clearly mom's played a great role in your life dad's played a great role uh, i know you've shared a few interesting experiences that you had watching him and observing him as most of us as kids do but early on it looks like you were uh, thrust into leadership how did you come to believe that there's something in me to lead can you share a little bit of that experience yeah i think you know the, the there were two or three moments one of course was the one that i narrated just now which is when the ninth grade school uh, in when i was in ninth grade and the school leader election was happening but much before that there was a moment where my dad was known as one of the best orators in the area there and he and sister vina both encouraged me to also get into speech making very early in school and the first time i competed i think i must have been in a fourth fourth grade i suppose and i remember it was a two page speech that my dad wrote for me on the on india's independence day on 15th august i prepared i rehearsed it as well at home my dad helped me in that rehearsal that probably was the only thing he used to help me with <laughs> uh, early on studies were all mom's department and i went on the stage is a makeshift stage in a small school that we had and i remember after the first two sentences i froze and i i ran away when i went home and i i honestly told my dad saying i'm so sorry i did this and he patted my back and he said not a, which was very big deal for me with with my dad you know even saying something positive to me at the time it was very fierce that gave sent me a message saying look i mean i think this is this is kosher this is all right it's not bad the very second year onwards i started winning practically every single speech competition not only in the school but in the town hmm. and then about 3 years later when i probably was a 7th grade 
and there was a district level which was a big deal at the time mm-hmm. when that competition happened i made a speech on on the importance of of unity uh, and the reason i remember that topic so very well because between my dad and i we wrote about four lines in hindi of poem and i've never ever forgotten those four lines mm. and sometimes the lines sound very cliched but they were th- they probably helped me win that that competition but it also because i was probably saying those lines in preparation for that speech and subsequently 100 times it has sent a message of secularity in my mind mm. right it made me more secular in my thought process and uh, you know growing up in india it was an important differentiation in terms of what you truly believe and it also sent out a message about the oneness and the you know that uh, of course today in leadership we often talk about teams but that was the early uh, induction into the process of team thinking and and oneness hmm. so i guess those these couple of moments really made uh, th- that initial impact from a leadership standpoint uh, but for all practical purposes in the you know the the true world the real world leadership happened much much later for me i suspect uh, uh you know only when i started going to college you know towards the end of my four year engineering uh, days i realized that i probably am not meant to be a good technical engineer i probably am going to be focusing my energies on on becoming a leader of people mm-hmm. based on a retros a, a, a reflective conversation that i had with my head of the department right who uh, i could have taken that very negatively when he said please don't try and become a technical person and i thought after completing my engineering school and spending a lot of money of my parents if he's saying that to me you know i could have been shell shocked and and devastated right. but thankfully he said the second thing which is maybe you are meant for something else i cannot thank him enough for also helping i don't i don't think i give him enough credit <laughs> sometimes as i look back about what what impact he made his name was professor lima and and he also had a big role in my life well it's uh, you know of course your your career speaks for itself we'll talk we'll come a little bit into that soon but for uh, taking our audience back again to your uh, early childhood teenage years uh, you talked about this little uh, four liner that you wrote did you ever consider translating it and into an english version that you could share something happy for you to share it in in uh, in hindi or uh, you know your native tongue but i think it's very important for people to understand uh, how our values get shaped and how our core thinking gets shaped especially in those early years there's been a very common theme among all of you successful leaders that uh, you know uh, that resonates very well and i would love for you to share a little bit of that this was a district level speech competition on the birth anniversary of mahatma gandhi mm-hmm. 2nd of october yeah the topic was about relevance of unity right and my dad wrote this and i probably must have added some value to it at the time and the four lines i definitely can can recite those if i remember them i'll try and i'll explain to you what it means and you prob most of of your listeners will probably appreciate that and will even relate with it so the lines were something like ha se hindu ma se muslim hum se hindustan hai ha se hindu ma se muslim hum se hindustan hai ha alag ho ma juda kar 
ह अलग हो म जुदा कर विघटन की यह दास्तान है द वर्ड विघटन मीन्स सेपरेशन और डिसयूनिटी द सेकेंड पार्ट इज भा से बना भारत प से बना पाक राइट भारत इज इंडिया प इज पाक इज पाकिस्तान भा से बना भारत प से पाक भाप बनकर उड़ गया यह संगठन अब कहाँ है भाप इज वेपर द मोमेंट यू सेपरेट टू लेटर्स एंड हैंस टू आइडियाज the whole concept of unity just vaporizes which is as simple as what is relevant even today more than ever before not just in india but across the world because uh, the 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 discourse right now uh, everywhere and unfortunately even plays out in a team at a company level as well may not be at a fundamental level but in some shape or form it's about me it's about my it's about um, you know the self rather than the concept of us yeah i know it sounds very cliched and i'm suddenly sounding like a baba <laughs> but you asked me about what shaped my initial leadership yeah and this really was uh, was that one factor that helped i think it it brings brings us back again to how important those early life childhood experiences are and how it shapes where you go in your life journey and of of course you've had a a phenomenal career um, all the way to uh, uh, sitting in the c suite currently at tech mahindra running a global con- conglomerate as the ceo of uh, the network and communications group share with us a little bit of that journey how you got there and how you really traversed through the hills and valleys and what those life lessons were that you learned through that process absolutely well i don't know sudhir i mean you've been generous always with your words i think there's nothing uh, phenomenal about anything that i have done it's been it's just been a normal day uh, every single day in my life of full of passion and energy that the teams and us have have done in creating this company but everything had to start somewhere in my case started by uh, two things right that i did not do one if you were to ever ask me what you know i'm sure we all ask some people saying what would you have become if you were not this if you were to ever ask me that question i would always say i would have wanted to be a test cricketer <laughs> right, to play for india and play cricket and i i believe that i i was good at it when i was 14 right and uh, my lower middle class and um, and a very pragmatic set of parents ensured that that budding cricketer in me had to at that point in time nip that bud right there and instead focus on academics where i am one of the millions of other kids who who went through that process and still go through that process of leaving their sports related passion but instead and it's getting better and better now but back in the days there was no such luxury so if i had not if i had continued playing cricket i don't think i would have done what i did eventually so that's the first thing in in a very funny way i thank that decision back then because only 11 people can play cricket whereas i am one of the 100000 people in tech mahindra and i have a job here the second thing that did not happen in my career thankfully was in the final year of my engineering school my head of the department called me aside and he said i have some advice for you i know you are completing your engineering and you probably are passing with good grades but please try and stay away from engineering in many ways he was destroying my career at the time and i didn't know what what to go and tell my parents and you just spent so much money on me in me becoming uh, an engineer but he thankfully said the second thing and he said you are very good at um, the concept of money and the concept of people try and do something with it he did not give me a definitive guidance but he just said this much 
that got me to start discovering myself and when i finally started working in mumbai having left my hometown as soon as i finished my graduation my undergrad um i knew two things that one i wanted to be on the business side of any company right. i i had to work in a company no doubt and b is i had to do my mba just to understand the 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 technicalities of doing business if i can learn anything from that and both helped um so in many ways that is how my journey started but then it was uh, it was one thing that led to the other and one other thing that happened in my life is the first 8 years of my career i worked for four different companies because after every 18 months in that one company i realized that while i'm enjoying it but maybe the company is probably not in the spot that i want the company to be in and after i left each of those companies uh all four of them either closed or or got folded into something else so uh in the initial years when i was in tech mahindra i actually never said this story to anybody because i never know whether i'm carrying that bad uh, you know that bad uh, omen or jinx but this is a special company tech mahindra has always been special in many many ways unbelievable heritage and parents in bt and mahindras uh, all through unbelievable phenomenal if there is anything phenomenal it is the value system that this company has mm-hmm. uh in terms of the federated model in terms of the strong um uh you know uh, system around ethics honesty being nice i have often heard back from many of my customers saying if there is one attribute we like to do business with you is because you guys are nice to do business with mm-hmm. and those things have really worked very well with me i relate with each of these values inside out um and and i can tell you more about that but but in a nutshell uh, one one thing that has been common uh, in my 20 close to 18 19 years in this company now is the fact that this company allows tremendous opportunities to somebody who wants to express themselves and i have been lucky with leadership at all levels to really get that opportunity i watched you and observed you and a short time we've known each other and you're a very nurturing leader so let me ask you a question i mean you know leadership is means different things to different people but we are living in the in the world of gen y gen z and new and upcoming leaders and i know you have a great passion to mentor young leaders and create success for them clearly there's some learning there that you incorporate yourself from being around these young folks that i know uh you're creating success for them and for yourself can you share some of those learnings with us for our audience yeah i i think it's a great question so the you know um, to to lead and nurture the young talent you got to also learn from other people who have done this very successfully and couple of people who did that was they did that to me when i was definitely Uh, much younger right. than what i am today <laughs> and what they did at the time is uh, like i said earlier one they allowed me to express myself you know uh, cp who is my ceo and my leader who often has said this if you believe something can be done don't ask just go do it mm-hmm. right and sometimes he says that in a far more emphatic fashion than i just said that had a very big impact in my career early on the second is you got to stay relevant and current i don't believe i know any other leader than anand mahindra our chairman who's probably more current more contemporary 
if i may um you know the, one of the largest or the first adopters of social media one of the most effective use in my humble view of social media in connecting with uh his followers his customers his partners his employees uh, and uh, and bringing in a very modern way of leadership into the organization for example he's been a very active proponent uh and uh, an advocate of what we call within the mahindra group not just in tech mahindra even in tech mahindra is called the freedom within boundary model mm-hmm. right where you are an entrepreneur you have the freedom to do what you want to do as long as you stay loyal to three things your your loyalty towards the brand the loyalty towards the values and the compliance system don't tamper with those ever and third is your loyalty towards your hr people practices including compensations and those kind of things aside of these three uh you know maybe with one exception here and there it is pretty much an open a uh, platform uh for uh, for all of us and i have tried every single time when i have gotten an opportunity to remind my young leaders on exactly these three things i said remember who do you work with what do you represent and what opportunity and freedom and independence uh and the liberation that you have to go do what you have to do Mm. we are not a perfect company yeah by any standards um but imperfection i often have said is our greatest story uh because it is by design we like we like this little managed chaos so <laughs> people can try and do things what they want to do and in many ways uh, to your question about the youngsters the current generation the millennials particularly i guess they like to operate in in this environment they don't like to be told what to do yeah i have seen if i've tried to to say that often times they have been respectful enough to say yeah but i don't think they agree with me right right and, and many a times they have also come back and said well you're bullshitting right so it is always about giving them letting them know what they represent letting them know what they do not represent that's even more important sometimes because sometimes people come back and say look this is what the other company is doing and i have to very emphatically remind them saying yeah i agree we are not that company <laughs> this is who we are this is what works for us don't bother about anybody else let's just do what is good for us and in many ways um, you know anand and cp and vineet who was our vice chairman have really led from the front mm. on on these aspects and it's always i have always looked upon them and i've always asked my colleagues and my teams to con- to to recognize this aspects that that the leadership is driving right because uh, you know there is lot more value in following and then creating your own leadership then not following and then trying to create that's that's rebellion i don't think rebellion in a corporate works but an entrepreneurship nevertheless which is which has got organized rebellion i think is a perfect thing fascinating to hear you share those uh, those views and insights clearly all of us have been through leadership journeys and those are great uh, learning experiences in that process we learn a few things on what a good leader should not do what are some of those learnings that you've you've gone through in this last 30 plus years of your leadership journey you know all the way going right to your high school days uh, on now you know what are some of the things you would you would mentor uh, these young nurturing uh, leaders that you're bringing along with you to say there are some things you should not really be you know yeah i think i think another 
very vexed question because it's many many things that come to my mind at this point but let me try and give you the top of the mind views on what one should not do uh and or, or let me put it this way the things that i do uh that that i should not have that makes me feel bad at the time one every single time and there have been moments when i have not followed through mm-hmm. on certain things in terms of closing something yeah. right particularly a commitment towards uh, a customer um i think that's a no no mm-hmm. right uh, it's important to close the loop absolutely and and that's you know ne- you never ever become big enough to not close a loop you never ever become big enough to delegate the act of closing the loop whether you are whoever you are in a company uh, i think that's not something you know there you could have 1000 people working for you and yet you got to ensure even if you physically don't do it yourself but you got to ensure that the loop is closed i think that's one thing that bothers me similarly and something that happened with me very recently with um, your own people when you assume that something that was to happen to them uh happened and you did not you 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 took your eyes off that ball i think it hurts me particularly more mm-hmm. when i later on realized that i assumed that somebody else would have taken care of those things but i did not bother to go back and check or or you know i, I don't think it's a reflection on that person who did not do his or her job it's a reflection on me because it was important to me so i should be bothered about it because i have often in fact you know i have a niece who who today is doing her undergrad and i i often uh, while coaching her sometimes i also reflect myself and i've often said that it is the people practices and the eq aspect that probably overwhelms all other you know technicalities of of your proficiency so i think those two things i would really about your own employees and about your customers and within employees or customers you i also include the partners and the whole ecosystem i think dropping the ball i think is something you just don't want to do ever right you know there's another thing which is more uh, not as not just part of leadership but it is just the act of doing business uh, which is um, about trying to stay paranoid all the time is not a bad thing you know you don't have to act paranoid but you have to think paranoically and ensure that if not you then somebody else is going to do the business and you are you have a responsibility towards your shareholders to represent them aggressively affirmatively in an ability to and with a respo- with a responsibility to play to win that i think is is a bit more uh, it's not just about it's it it applies to every level not just to a leader yeah. but that's something which i have i have at least tried practicing from the get go yes actually a great insight because you know i think as leaders um, never to drop your guard be beyond guard and realize at all levels that you're actively participating is very good insight uh your business is all about execution and you know uh, you've created the same success for yourself for your company how do you define execution as a leader for you i mean in your mind what does that mean i i think it is it is all ultimately about simple definitions of the plan mm-hmm. to be clearly distributed as a responsibility to a set set of individuals in an unambiguous fashion uh, every time when execution doesn't happen it is it is not necessarily because the right people are not there it is invariably because the right people did not know 
the right instructions and messages or their roles in that execution plan i have often said that in a in any sport uh, and a game that i follow more closely is cricket of course is uh, there always will be one particular player who will outshine the others but that player will never ever single handedly ensure that the team wins a team always wins and every 11 member uh, 11 of the members of the of the team perform their duties even if most of them do many a times you will win but if all of them do invariably every time you will win so i think it is the role play definition and the role play performance an execution of that in my view is is the execution and as the businesses have started becoming more and more complex because of the change in the buying patterns and the behaviors of both consumers and enterprises it's become even more uh, important to simplify things sooner than later uh, because then people are able to understand simple things a human being is not that complicated not to switch topics on you but as life is not all about leadership um in your business you're in the tech business you're seeing a couple of incredible uh technology evolutions happening disruptions happening ai being one of them 5g being another you're very close to to where some of these things are and if you don't mind sharing with our audience uh, where you see some of the future of some of these technologies i know uh, you're spending a lot of time in this space trying to think through strategically 5 and 10 years out what what will happen and how we all will be affected in society if science and technology and particularly information technology in the last several decades has taught us is one thing that this is a motion and a journey that will continue to only run faster and faster and faster different technologies will keep taking the prime spot every now and then but where where my vantage point is where i am personally invested in both as a company and individually is around the future of telecom um you know i often share this little my own uh version of justifying why the networks of the of the telecom industry are important that one event that changed industries and humanity forever was in 2007 when steve jobs introduced iphone it 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 seemed at the time as an introduction of just uh, another device but in many ways it spawned a whole generation of innovation and habits and patterns and many people do not reflect adequately enough on this fact that even steve jobs the marketing genius that he was named his first product in this category as a tribute to the telecom network his phone was called iphone 3gs which basically was a message to the to the to the industry that my phone my device is good enough to work on 3g where 3g was the more prominent uh, aspect of uh, of of the of the of the introduction we are now on 4g and we are about to get into 5g 4g in many ways was an incremental improvement today the, the device became important than the network at some point thanks to steve jobs and and android subsequently the applications that ran on the device became more important than the device i have this very strong gut feel and uh, and even uh, argument that 5g and beyond is going to spawn a completely new set of innovation in the industry and the and the world than one has ever seen right 
so in many ways 5g is going to be the next big uh, seismic shift that will happen not just in the telecom and the network but in the uh, across the world in every walk of life from industries to 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 consumers so i am uh, very closely studying and monitoring and observing 5g because 5g is not just about a new network new way of delivering faster uh, data or or more data in the bandwidth or with less latency 5g at the core is like a comp- it's it's almost like the las vegas uh, phenomena where you know uh, the, the casino owners have historically imploded the older buildings and put new ones every 30 20 years 5g is going to be putting a completely new core in the industry the very way the, the because number one 5g is going to be less hardware and more software it is not going to be done in the conventional form it's going to be done in a very unconventional nimble forms and all of this is important because it is likely to produce a possibility in the industry where one will be able to um, monetize micro moments very tiny split second moments because there will be a great degree of hyper personalization which will indeed come from the fact that there will be enough investments in data enough investments in ai machine learning enough investments in understanding how devices why iot will study and work a lot of investments that might happen with technologies like blockchain and others all of this will feed into this one big um uh, ecosystem uh, that will get created because of what 5g as a platform will will generate so i actually feel very strongly that it is not that 5g is not one of the many technologies it probably is going to be a platform of innovation right for not one but every single industry going forward no i completely agree with you and i think those of us who lived through the early days of uh, evolution of telecom saw uh, mainframe style switches become basically software switches carrying voice today and and most of us don't realize at least the generation below us doesn't realize that uh, voice in the traditional days was actually carried on mainframe style computers and today it's basically a piece of software yeah. and it's an application and i hear you are loud and i think we are in for another revolution as we wind down our way into into uh, these incredible thoughts that you've shared every leader goes through a self reflective process what is your secret to that self reflection and learning as you sort of think through your day and um, what you've done and how you course correct your mind and thoughts and all of that you know i think uh, so there the, the, there are two parts to the reflection one is the more business reflection in terms of how do i continue to improve in what i do in terms of delivering more value for my customers more value for my shareholders more value to my teams and people and that more often than not comes down to something that i spoke earlier about that do i have the ability to learn mm-hmm. do i have the ability to reinvent and ask uh questions to myself saying am i adding some value today and by today i mean 24 hours it is not just a context but each each 24 day uh a 24 hour day is a new day and one has to add you know in that balance sheet of yours some new learnings that you add every single day like this conversation today and the one that we just had before that is part of that learning process right the second big reflection that i do is and it's it's very relevant and and you relate of all people with this because because you've been 
a game changer in terms of decision making on that respect which is the three other people who make me complete and uh, who are my inspiration who who create what i do and make that possible is my wife and my kids my two girls the reflection that i have often done is always revolved around them mm-hmm. that what i do they need to feel good about proud about mm-hmm. uh, they need to be comfortable with it because i am as much a responsibility to i have an as much a responsibility towards the organization as i have towards them right maybe greater that that is something that you know i'm not you know of course if you ask my wife she'll she'll probably give me a negative point on a scale <laughs> of 10 but i genuinely uh, make an attempt to reflect on that all the time whether i'm able to act on it uh, i am not sure but that's definitely something which is part of my thinking process on a daily basis mm. fascinating to hear that and by the way that is so important to keep you well grounded in a very high uh, high flying lifestyle most leaders live today as we close the show i have one last question for you sure what do you want people to remember you by wow um i i wouldn't say that i've never thought about it i have but i probably don't have a great uh enough answer yet to that question because i don't think i have completely defined myself in terms of what i can contribute to this world but whatever that definition would be and i promise to tell you one day as soon as i become clear about it but i am 100% sure that it will be around people it will be about what i meant to people uh, and not just one or two but many people uh, i am 110% sure that it is never going to be about my success it is never going to be about anything that i would have done as an achievement Hmm. but if it has not had an impact on people that i have known that i have come in touch with and contact with whether it was my childhood days whether it is my current days right. or anything in between i would be quite disappointed uh, what still that definition would be i really don't know sudhir i i wish maybe i was not prepared for that question uh, and even if i was probably i may end up giving the same answer to you that it will be around that i i had an impact of sorts on people and you know i want to go back to where i started with this probably comes from my mom me and my wife often she often jokes that i have this vested interest in being loved by people she says that i i can fight even with my siblings for my mom's love <laughs> it probably i don't know whether it is true or no but i can see some merit in that argument i do work hard on that one it's a need for me and probably that need is what if it can define me I think I'll be all right. I could wonderfully close that off for you on what I know about you and what I personally experienced. Uh you are truly a people person. You give your heart to people. You do it with total selflessness, which is very hard to do these days for most leaders. We are living in a me and I world. I've never seen too many leaders in this space practice what you practice every day and i am honored to uh, to know you in that space while i caught you off guard i'm going to close this and completely agree with you that i think when you define that sentence it will be all about what you give to others not about yourself that's so manish vyas absolutely i hope so 
Thank, Thank you, so you very much, Manish, for it's joining us on this show. It has been a privilege, and I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Sudhir. Thank you for having me on the show. Final thoughts from your guide for cracking the code, Sudhir Ispahani. Sudhir, Manish Vyas. Listening to this interview, I heard what I've heard before about these code crackers when he was in the ninth grade, which would have made him about 14 years old. Something happened to him that set him on a path. I've got a long list of people that you've interviewed that have said pretty much the same thing. It's very interesting. There's clearly a common theme evolving around all these very successful global leaders. Uh, in my view, I think it started very early on in their childhood, their exposure to their parents, their exposure to adverse circumstances, and of course, their first exposure to when they thought about leadership. In Manisha's case, started around the ninth grade, but as you know, there's many on our show that uh, are in that range. And with his, fortunately, it wasn't something negative. It was something very positive, where the principal of his school, who he credited with teaching him entrepreneurship because she started this highly successful school in an unlikely place, he learned from that, but she tapped him on the shoulder, literally took him out of class during a ninth grade school day and said, you need to run for president of the school because we need you and your skills. And that set him on the path of leadership. Yeah, he was very lucky, I think, that he was able to pick up a mentor. And he, he recently shared this story with me that, you know, it's really important to, uh, to get mentors early on in your life. And we heard that even from other guests. In his case, Sister Wiener, who now lives in Germany, is still his mentor, and he sees her pretty regularly. And she was the principal of the high school that got him into that uh, first uh, gig on, on his leadership stuff. And, and, it, and it set him on that path toward cracking the code. Some of these people have told us what happened when they were 14 or 13 were very negative things that they had to overcome, and that set them on their path. With me in the ninth grade, did I ever tell you this story? Ninth grade, first week of school, I went to the journalism teacher and wanted to be on the high school newspaper staff, and she said, Alan, you can't write. So I joined the debate team, and I started getting into computers, and that set me on the path. So it was something different for me, but for all of these people... It's the influence of a mentor that does set them on the path. I think that's very important uh, to pick up those key learnings early on. And you've seen that with all the other guests. And in Manisha's case, that's very true because he started applying that. And now he's a very successful uh, global C-suite executive, as you know, as the CEO of Tech Mahindra. His father and his mother, he distinguished between what he learned from both. From his mother, he learned to love people and to be loved, and how important it is to have a big heart. That's from his mother. From his dad, he learned it, several several learnings. You know, his dad, uh, while he was the traditional Indian dad, very strict and all of that, but he taught him to take risks, and he taught him to, to not give up, and the, the tenacity you need to have when you're in tough circumstances. No matter how old you are or how late in life, he said he learned that if, you're, if you focus on something, you can be successful. His father was a lawyer, but his father did not focus on making a successful law practice until he had to make money to send his son to school, to college. It's, uh, again, coming back to uh, these heart-first philosophies that each of these leaders talk about. They started gleaning those, those insights very early in their childhood, and we are seeing a common theme here. One thing 
more, I would say, I took away that was very special. When he was talking about his father, when his father had his political career, he said that his dad was the type of politician who would do the right thing, not necessarily the correct thing. I think we could all learn the difference between those two. Yep, especially in the times we live on. You know that I think we need to be looking at the convictions of our heart to do the right thing, not necessarily the politically correct thing. 